Hello! Welcome back. You are now tuned in to And Then What Happens, the serial fiction podcast where only you know what happens. That's right. Anybody can write. It's crazy. We're wild here. Hey, another No Kathleen episode. Did she quit the show? Like, does she hate me? What's the deal? I don't know. Maybe she'll never come back. I guess we'll find out. Uh, If you like Kathleen on the show, like, write in and tell her that you like her. Man, we got an exciting one this week. Uh, Big milestone. We have the first episode written by someone that no one involved with the show knew previously. Crazy. It finally happened. It took 25 episodes, but here we are. Uh, Today's episode was written by Kate Cumber. We support pen names here. You don't have to tell us your real name. Just give us your pen name. It's fine. Uh, Today's episode is written by Kate Cumber. Pretty crazy. Um, Today's also the second to last episode of November. So if you're doing NaNoWriMo, uh, I don't know, keep that in mind, right? Uh, Last week was real crazy. We had a new character and a lot of new toys. I think the only thing you need to know for today's episode, since Kate Cumber did a pretty good job of introing characters, is uh, Bazoo. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you remember Bazoo from episode five. That was a long time ago. Um, He is a dirty cop that works um, for the Veracruzes, and and he's pretty, uh, pretty dastardly. Um, he does a lot of like torture stuff. Like it's a pretty great episode. Christopher Irvin wrote it. I highly recommend listening to that episode. It's very good. And if you finish listening to today's episode and you really want to add to the canon, tell us what happens next by going to andthenwhathappens.com, fill out the contact form, uh, throw your story in there and hit send. Uh, and it'll show up in Kathleen and I's inbox We will read it. We'll give you any feedback if that's necessary. And uh, Rich Wisniewski will read your episode. Now, this week, Rich is back on the narrator tip. And so we appreciate Laura stepping in last week. But it's nice to have him back. If you want to follow him, he's at Rich Wisniewski. If you want to follow Kathleen, she's at WrightNeski. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Chris Robinson. We have a Gmail account. If you wanted to email us for some reason, it's and then what happens podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to do anything with that you like. Um, let's hope that this is the, the first of many episodes that we get from uh, folks we don't know. Because, uh, you know, it's really, it's really starting to blossom, guys. This is exciting. Um, the dream is real. As always, the easiest way to support us is to tell a friend, leave a review, comment, uh, you know, share it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Shout it outside your apartment window. It's fine. Something. Whatever you end up doing, we totally appreciate it. Everyone that's listening to the sound of our voices, you are appreciated. Um, but we want to appreciate your friends too. So go ahead and tell them, please. Uh, Okay, Uh, we're about to kick off and find out, and then what happens?
Bazoo cocked his head from side to side, loosening the knots in his tense muscles, his large tattoos contorting with each movement. The day had been a slow one as he sat on the old burgundy couch in his untidy apartment, waiting for anything to happen. You see, Bazoo was once the strongest detective on the force in Titusville, Florida. With his physical prowess, he was able to take down all sorts of criminals. However, he turned his back on the justice system and became the top enforcer for the infamous Veracruz crime family. He spent most of his days like this, waiting around for a call from one of the Veracruz brothers to tell him to keep someone in line or eliminate an enemy. Today was slower and quieter than usual, and it made Bazoo feel uneasy, as if something terrible was brewing. Before his thoughts had a chance to run at an unfathomable pace, his burner phone rang, and he unconsciously let out a sigh of relief. Hello? Seems like our little rascal has decided to be a bit difficult. The deep, menacing voice of Miami Veracruz spoke through the receiver. They're not answering our calls, but they were at the station. Go see what's happening. Without another word, he cut the call, and Bazoo was left to do his order. Bazoo didn't even need a name to know which rascal the boss was referring to. A certain dirty rat named W.V. was a decorated detective, and they did not enjoy what the family was involved in, but they were blackmailed into making sure the police didn't muck with the Veracruz family's dealings. They hated everything about the family because, unbeknownst to all, they were the family. Blood relation, if you can believe it. W.V.'s reasons for going M.I.A. were the least of Bazoo's concerns. He was going to a police station where he was known as a disgrace. He was worried about how to keep a low profile when everyone in the station knew him very well. He groaned deeply as he rubbed his hands over his short, auburn hair, specks of gray crowding the temples. He let out another deep sigh of annoyance as he stood up from the couch. He threw on his signature pink Hawaiian shirt before grabbing his weapons and rushing out of his apartment. The drive to the police station was quick, given that Bazoo knew every shortcut in this dirty, sunshine-drenched town. He drove around to the back alley to avoid anyone who might recognize him, and stopped his car a few meters away from the parking lot entrance. He placed a black gator mask around the lower portion of his face, and a cap on the top of his head. He leaned forward in his seat and peered at the empty parking lot. There were an array of Crown Vicks parked everywhere, but not a single person was walking around. He scanned each car until his eyes landed on the big-time red Honda CRV that belonged to W.V. He squinted his eyes to get a better look, and his breathing hitched when he saw blood smeared down the driver's side of the sport utility vehicle. Bazoo quickly exited his car and raced into the lot. Luckily, it was empty or else he would have definitely garnered some unwanted attention. He turned the corner and saw the detective's limp body on the ground. He harshly grabbed W.V. by their shirt and tried to shake them awake. Dub, wake up. Bazoo spoke low in frustration. Wake up, W.V. Bazoo quickly searched around the car for anything that would tell him what happened, and his breath got caught in his throat when he saw a bloody crowbar under the back tire. Anxiety settled in when Bazoo pulled out a note from W.V.'s pocket. It was a cocktail napkin from Santa's sleigh, the famed Christmas theme park, with a paw print made of feces on it. Bazoo knew what it meant. The capuchin. This was a warning. Hey, what's going on here? Holy! Bazoo, is that you? 
Bazoo froze when he looked up and saw several traffic cops, many of whom he recognized. Harrington, Guaderas, Lewis eating a donut as usual, hurrying towards him. With no time to stop WV's bleeding, he scrambled to his feet and jammed them in the CRV. The shouts of the police officers grew louder as they began sprinting towards him. Bazoo hurriedly pushed WV into the passenger seat and slipped into the driver's seat. He turned on the car and raced away from the police station, Lewis's donut-flavored screams drowned out by the roaring car engine. With one hand on the steering wheel, Bazoo used the other hand to apply pressure to their head wound, making the detective let out a low groan that washed relief all over Bazoo. Bazoo frantically looked at the rearview mirror, but fortunately it didn't seem like anyone was chasing them, or even close to catching up to them. They were safe. For now.